I got up not to ramble. I got up to let you know we got a brother who I didn't even know a year and a half ago, really. Yeah, I met him because of my one of my duties in the district to go over and, and help install him as the pastor of Faith Missionary. And now he's here. A year later, having gone through, I would say, one of the most difficult first years as a pastor that anybody could have, he had to pastor his first year during the pandemic, keep his congregation engaged. Um, but he's used to tough things because secularly, he serves as the, as the buyer for Jefferson County. Yeah, he is. See, check that out. Uh, yeah. Carried his old Black History Month. He is the buyer for Jefferson County, the purchasing agent for Jefferson County. He makes sure that everything the county purchases is done according to rules and regulations and follows the code and everything that comes in. I can't imagine in this big county a more pressured situation. And yet he handles that. And so I'm glad the Lord also called him. That's right. That's right. That's right. Reverend, Reverend Michael Matthews, uh, not a novice to the pulpit, uh, getting his sea legs when it comes to pastoring. But today he's just going to come and be one of our brothers, and that's another benefit of us having it this way that I can get with some of my faithful friends and we can celebrate a little bit. So I'm excited to hear what the Lord has given him today. Um, I don't have any doubt that he's able to rightly divine the word of God. And so raise your right hand with me and say, Reverend Matthews, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. After this song, the next voice you will hear will be that of Reverend Michael Matthews. God bless you. Let us, let us continue to praise the Lord by giving him a hand clap of praise this morning. Because truly all of us recognize that he is worthy to be praised. And it is such a blessing to stand here before you and witness what God can do with one of his servants. I'm so thankful to the Lord for having this opportunity to stand before you for such a time as this. Truly, this is the friendliest church. From the parking lot to the pulpit. Thank you each and every one of you to the angel of this house, uh, Dr. Sparks. I'm so thankful for this opportunity and I want to thank each and every one of you for your hospitality. Thank you for the showing of love from the time I walked through the door all the way up until this point. I will not be before you very long. Uh, by reputation, I am a preacher that preaches short sermons. I've been taught to sit up, stand up, speak up, then shut up. And I consider Dr. Sparks to be one of my mentors. You, you have a big-hearted pastor, and I believe you already know that. Isn't that right? Amen. So as we give the Lord another hand clap of praise, let us praise him one more time for Dr. Sparks. Amen. And for his lovely wife and family, we thank God for all of them. I heard a preacher say that in many cases, the person who really needs to hear the sermon is nowhere to be found. But I don't really believe that because I believe that 
God's word has the ability to reach whoever it needs to reach and it will not come back void. So I prayed this morning that the pastor is encouraged and that someone gets a blessing uh, out of this particular sermon. If you have your copy of the world's bestseller, which is the word of God, I'm going to ask that you turn with me to the epistle of Philippians, the third chapter, I will be reading out of the 12th verse through the 16th verse. We will be focusing on the 15th and the 16th verse for your hearing. And it reads as follows. Now that I have already attained or am already perfected, excuse me, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to be apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you at this time. We recognize that this is a uh, most sacred hour, and I continually ask that you allow me to decrease as you increase, and we ask that your Holy Spirit moves in ways that only it can as your word of God goes forth. Control my mouth, control my tongue, control my thoughts, so that in all things you will get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the words of Dr. Hubbard, I want to uh, say again that I am hippopotamus happy and elephant elated to be here. But it's my objective to not be with you long, but I, as I said before, I pray that you get a blessing. As we look at this passage of scripture, I want to speak to you or preach to you from the subject. Are you able to walk with your pastor as he walks with God? Are you able to walk with your pastor as he walks with God? Now for those of you who are homiletically trained, I recognize that I broke a rule right off out of the gate. But it is important that you ask yourself this question. As in our midst, we are now blessed to be able to celebrate 17 years of pastoring. 17 years of, of pastoring. And we want to recognize that to walk with your pastor uh, who has been on the battlefield a long time 
it's going to take what is referred to as spiritual maturity in order to continue on this journey with him. Because at this point, he has gotten to a point where he is all in for Jesus. At this point in his pastorate, there is no doubt where he stands. But there may be some doubt where you stand. As we look at this passage of scripture, I want you to see that pastors are like doctors in many ways because uh, they have the gift of discernment that God has given them. And, and many times they, they know us better than we know ourselves. And as we celebrate today, I noticed that this pastor is deservedly well-loved and has received a lot of gifts. But what I found over the years in my Christian walk is that one of the greatest gifts that you can give your pastor is to show spiritual growth. Yeah. Okay. To let him know that his preaching in season and out of season has not been in vain. To let him know that his teaching in season and out of season has not been in vain. Show him that from January to December, a change has taken place where your walk has grown closer to God. That is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your pastor, is to let him know through the way you live your life and through the way that you serve the Lord, that as he grows closer to Christ, so do you. We see here today that The, that Paul is not the only preacher that has conveyed the importance of spiritual maturity. He's not the only one who pleaded for the need for spiritual maturity. In Hebrews, the sixth chapter in the first verse, it reads, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. It's God's will that he has a relationship with each and every one of us, and, and that's the reason why he has established his church, so that we can come together and, and fellowship together, and we can nurture one another, encourage one another. Sometimes we have to cry together. Uh, sometimes we can laugh together, but we can do all of this in Christ. As I was preparing for this, I came across a quote by J. Oswald Sanders. He, he said that there's no such thing as instant maturity and no rapid growth in Christian maturity will be attained until the first indispensable step of submission to the Lordship of Christ has been taken. In other words, before you can become spiritually mature, you need to make sure that you've been born again. Oh yeah, oh yes, you, uh, many times we uh, find ourselves dealing with folk who are trying to do God's work with dirty hands because they have not been born again. But they have weaved and worked their way up in the church and they have found themselves in positions and, and next thing you know they are not spiritually mature because they didn't start off right. And because they didn't start off right, they're not ending up right. But as I share this text with you, I want to 
share with you three things for your hearing. If you have been born again, these three thoughts might make sense to you. First of all, don't back up, try to catch up. Don't back up, try to catch up. The second thought I want to share with you is don't break up, try to make up. Don't break up, try to make up. And then the third and final thought I want to share with you is don't just show up, try to step up. Don't just show up, try to step up. As we look into this passage of uh, the epistle of Philippians, we see that Paul is writing from uh, a Roman jail. And he is at a point in his life where he has been persecuted, he has been beat on, and he has been spat on, and he's been, had some ups and downs uh, in the ministry. And I'm sure that as I stand before you, that your pastor is no longer like that shiny new car that was first driven off the lot. After 17 years, you're going to have some dings and you're going to have some, some bumps and you're going to have some scratches and you're going to have some oops and you're going to have all of those things after 17 years. So we see here that Paul has been on the journey for a little while, but yet and still, even though he was not in a position where he could, uh, uh, he was not in a position where he was happy uh, because he was out of, out of jail. He was in jail. He was not in the best of circumstances. But yet and still, he found a way to encourage the Philippian church. Here we see that that is one of the precious callings that your, your pastor has embraced. He has embraced the fact that sometimes he's going to have ups and sometimes he's going to have downs. But yet and still, even though you may not know what he's going through, the hurt that he's feeling on the inside, he's going to find a way because of his calling to encourage you. That's something that we need to thank God for. But as we see here this passage, I want you to see in that uh, verse 12 through 14, don't back up. Try to catch up. As we see in this passage, we see that Paul was all in for Jesus. Just like your, your pastor, after 17 years, there's no doubt where he stands in the law. He's already decided that for God I live and for God I'll die. But as I say earlier, we need to see that the pastor is like a doctor. He knows where you are as well as he knows where he is. And Paul, let us know today in this 12th verse, he said that not that I have already attained or am already perfected. And I want you to see in this verses 12 through 14, as I read through these, how many eyes in myself. This was a personal testimony that he has arrived at even though he has been through many dangers, toils, and snares, he realized that God has brought him all the way from yonder to here. Right, 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 right. But he realized that God was not finished with him yet. And even after 17 years, I'm sure Dr. Sparks recognizes as he looks into the mirror that even though he's been bruised and battered and scorned, that God is not finished with him yet. 
he can say this as he's pressing toward the goal that not that I have already attained or am already perfected. He said, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as apprehended. Here we see the reason why Paul had to say this. We have to really go back to verses 10 and 11 to rightly divide this. 10 and 11, verses 10 and 11 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. In other words, he was letting them know that even though he may be close to death, sitting in that Roman jail, he realized that that was not the end of the journey. That was not the end of the journey. So he realized that he had not already attained. I'm sure Dr. Sparks recognizes that he still got a ways to go. Even though that God has brought him from a mighty long way, he still has a way to go. And as we see here, we talk about how Paul said he had not already attained. He's not already received. He's not already been perfected. God is still working on all of us because there are still gifts in each and every one of us that he's developing and that takes time and that's why we have to have patience with one another. Don't you know your pastor has patience with you because he realized that God is not finished with him and he realized that God is not finished with you either. Don't back up try to catch up. And the reason why I say this is because we have been in this pandemic almost, well, a little over a year now. Some of us have backed up. Some of us have uh, digressed in our spiritual walk. And, and even though uh, the pastor and the, and the staff have, have pressed on and they have done so much and to work even harder to minister to the congregation, uh, pulling technology from here, yonder, and there. They're working harder than they ever had to work, maybe. But some of us, while they're working harder, we have digressed in our spiritual walk. Some of us have backed up. But we need to try to catch up. Because you want to look back on this pandemic and see some spiritual growth. You want to look back and see, have your prayer life improved? You want to look back on this pandemic and see, have the reading of the word improved? You want to look back on your life and, and see, over this year, have your fellowship with your family improved? Can folk see the Christ in you? Recognizing that you may be only the only Jesus that they may see. But some of us have taken a step back. And we're going to find out that when this pandemic is over, and it will be over, that we're going to have some catching up to do. Some of us, it's going to be difficult because we have embraced the conveniences of modern technology and, and we've embraced them a little bit too much. Even though we recognize that they're not going away. I'm sure that some of you ladies have not, I got to be careful here, Reverend. <laughs> I'm sure some of, 
You ladies have not missed putting on your makeup over the past year. Some of you may have not missed having to wear high heels. Some of us have maybe tried to develop new multitasking skills as we've turned our worship sessions into entertainment sessions. We're watching church instead of worshiping in church. How many of us today have decided while church is on, I'm going to do this load of laundry over here. While church is on, I'm going to fry me a little egg over here and fry some bacon up over here and get this church, this toast together. And I can do that while Brother Reginald is singing over here. How many of us have found it so convenient that we, 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 we church hop and we watch four and five different churches on YouTube? And we feel like we've done the best that we can do. We're going to be, have to come face to face with the fact that some of us have backed up. And we need to catch up. Not that going to church on, and using technology is wrong, but some of us, we know what God has called us to do. And we've chosen to sit down on our gifts. Here we see that in verse 15. That point is, don't break up, try to make up. Don't break up, try to make up. Therefore, let us as many are as mature. Have this mind, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. There are going to be some times where our spiritual maturity is going to be called into question. Because we need to make sure that we have grown during this time and that we have not digressed. We see here that every now and then because we are dealing with human beings in a, in a congregation that sometimes some of us, we're going to have some differences of opinion. Isn't that right? But if you are a babe in Christ, and, and Paul is here, he's talking about being a mature Christian in Christ, not a babe. What do babies do when they get mad? They, they take their ball and they want to go home because the pastor didn't say what they thought he should say. They want to play by their rules instead of what the pastor has laid out. But I'm here to let you know that in this particular passage, there's some hope. There's some hope for us who don't always agree with the pastor. We have to understand that God gives the pastor things long before he'll give them to us. Sometimes it may take us a minute to get on, get, catch up with him. But recognize that you can catch up because the Spirit of the Lord will reveal these things to you. He talks about here that some of us may think wise. There's wise and then there's otherwise. Some of us are on that otherwise fence. But even God here, there's hope for those. Because God is going to even reveal those things to you. Because we have to understand that we don't know everything. Sometimes even as we are perfect in, in Christ, because Christ has made us righteous, 
that we have not been perfected. We're still going through some things. And so every now and then, we got to face the fact that we're going to be wrong about some things. That's why we need to make sure that we don't break up. And if we do break up, that we need to try to make up. The congregation needs to be a place where reconciliation can take place. Every now and then, folk are going to disagree. Every now and then, people are going to fall out. But that don't have to be the end of the story. Folks can still reconcile because God will, if you are trying to do the right thing, and and God knows your heart. God knows your heart. And if you're trying to do the right thing, God will bring to you the error of your ways. But once he starts talking to you, you got to do something about it. If he brings you to error your ways, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with asking for forgiveness because As Christians, we should be in a ministry of reconciliation, bringing together because of what Christ has done for us. There are going to be some times where we might venture off and eat from different troughs of doctrine. And we try to bring that back to the church. Don't you know that the the pastor got to correct you when you're wrong in your teaching? He's not excited about the fact that he may have to sit somebody down every now and then. He's not excited about the the, the fact that he may have to come and talk to you about a sensitive subject. But don't you know, if he doesn't deal with you, then it affects the whole flock if he allows it to continue. But it's his job to keep everybody together. And then once you are aware of what the pastor has told you, don't pout. Don't pout. Don't go home and pout. But even if you do, see the error of your ways because God will show you that the pastor knows what's right. Follow him as he follows Christ. And if you are mature, you'll be able to walk with your pastor as he walks with God. Through God's revelation process, it's going to take longer for some of us than others. Some of us are hard-headed, and so God may have to allow some tests and some trials into our lives in order to get that revealing process going. Sometimes it takes a minute. We have to go through some things so we can see the mirror and see that reflection and see the error of our ways. How thick is your skull? How long does it take for you to get the message but I'm so thankful today that God is gracious enough and loving enough enough and merciful enough that he'll walk with us until we get it don't you know those same attributes are in your pastor he'll walk with you he'll love on you he'll forgive you he'll do all of what he needs he'll be right here waiting on you if he has been here for 17 years don't you know God can bless him to be here 17 more He'll be right here waiting on you, ready to make up. As I close, I want to end with that 16th verse. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. If you look in that 
12th through 14th verse, Paul was a personal testimony. Paul said, I and me and myself, all the way through that. But then he starts to include others. And at 15 and 16, you'll see that he talks about us and we. In other words, Paul wasn't trying to get there by himself. I call this the spiritual version of no child left behind. Don't you know that it, it hurts your pastor when, when he has to go two steps and you can only take one? But sometimes he has to go on anyhow because God has told him to be in one spot. And you may not be in that spot right now, but he's got to ask for God to allow him to wait on you. It's hard for a pastor to have to be in that situation where he knows that he's got to wait on the babes to come because he don't want to leave anybody behind. Because... He knows that heaven has plenty of room for everybody. We don't need to be in no mansion by ourselves. There's still room at the cross for you. So we don't need to just show up, try to step up. Here in this 16th verse, he said, we have already attained. He said, let us walk. By the same rule, let us be of the same mind. In other words, when you know better, you ought to do better. Talks about we have already attained. In other words, we want to uh, be able to arrive at that location together. Don't you know we can do more together than we can separately? Church business and this business of Christianity, this is serious business. And here when we talk about that, that walking, he said, let us walk by the same rule. This word walk means to agree on a position. Conceived of as being in a proper battle formation with soldiers. That's what that word walk means. This Christianity is serious business. We need to be ready to do battle. And that's what the pastor's trying to do. He's trying to get us to walk together and talk together so we can be in the right formation together. Because don't you know the devil don't play fair? No, that's right. That's right. He's got plenty of sticks and stones and, and rocks to throw at you. And sometimes we're going to get hit. Yes, sir. But sometimes God will grant us some grace and mercy if we're in that right, right formation. He said here, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. In other words, don't just show up. When you're walking, you need to step up. There are some people in their churches who may, over this past pandemic, have plenty of time to think about the gifts that they could have been using in the church. But when they were denied an opportunity because of the pandemic, it should do something to your soul on the inside and give you a desire to want to serve the Lord. Yes, at some point we're going to be coming back. How many of you that are listening to me in uh, the cyber community, are you ready to really come back? Are you ready to not just show up but step up? We don't need people to come back into church just to sit in the pews. There's plenty of work to do. 
Don't pull away from God when he tugs at your heart. All of us need to recognize that we have something to contribute on this Christian journey. Don't just show up. Try to step up. And when the pastor comes to you, recognize that he's not going to ask you to do something beyond what you're capable. He knows because he communes with God and God lets him know who to call upon for such a time as this. And there are many of you who I'm so proud of who have stepped up. I was telling Brother Reginald, I watch y'all every week on the way to faith. I watch you every week, me and my daughter. We, we get ready for church through you. And we thank God for you. If that, if that uh, link ain't up right away, I'm here to let you know I know all about it. We're wondering what's going on. And the next phone call, because I have his cell phone number, the next phone call, I'm going to call him. And let him know where's the link. But I'm proud of those of you, and I thank God for those of you have, who have just decided to not just show up, but step up. Week after week. I, I, don't, I don't think you missed a Sunday. Week after, week after week, you didn't just show up. You stepped up. And I thank God for you. But as I close and I take my leave of you, I want you to recognize that it's all of our job, not just Paul's in his text, but it's all of our job That's right. to continue to press on That's right. That's right. for that mark of the high calling. Yeah. And I'm so glad today that just like your pastor, that I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Yeah. Have you decided to make Jesus your choice? Do you have a made-up mind? Are you on your way up? Yeah. On your way up, are you keeping your head up as you go on to be with the Lord? Remember that this journey on this side of the Jordan is not the end. That we have a home over in glory. And it's mine and it's yours because of what Jesus did. He came down through 42 generations. He was born in a stable, laid in a manger. He grew up in wisdom and in stature. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. He opened blinded eyes. He carried that old rugged cross up Golgotha's hill. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. He hung there. He bled to pay a sin debt that he didn't know. And because he pressed on, don't you know that we can press on? He's already blazed the trail that your pastor is following. So now I'm just going to ask you again. Are you able to walk with your pastor as you walk, as he walks with God? May God bless you. May God keep you. May heaven ever smile upon you. This will be my prayer.